Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences as three Black women on this amazing journey of living our best life, trying to support each other as we figure out this ghetto world of adulting. I am joined by my amazing co-host, Nay and Sunny D. Hey honeys, I'm Nay, your virtual homegirl who thoughts on almost any and everything. Also, full-time parent, and sometimes you may hear my little one in the background of this podcast. Lo siento, I am sorry. To me, adulting is a game of whack-a-mole. Once you think you have one thing conquered, something else pops right up. Hey everyone, it's Sunny D. And to me, adulting is choosing to be your best self while that laundry piles up and the dogs chew on your good shoes. Yo, this is your girl, Nakai, and I'm your host of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I randomly burst out in song, Love Ice, and think adulting is a beautiful storm of I get to do what I want to do mixed with what the hell did I sign up for? Thanks for joining us. Now let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, educational, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. We want to give a special shout out to all of our social workers, child life specialists, and all women this month, as we thank you for making an impact and a difference every day you show up to work. Also, y'all, happy, happy, happy Autism Acceptance Month. I hope you all had some good fun, and I hope y'all really did pull a prank on April Fool's, because it's April Fool's Day, so you gotta prank people. We're going to start off this episode with what you already know is an either or. So, ladies, here's your either or, okay? Either have itchy boobs or an itchy butt. Boobs. Why? Because the other one is disgusting. I truly don't understand how anybody can argue with that logic. I can deal with itchy boobs. I have my own methods. Because dealing, number one, with the size that I have and with fabrics that irritate me because I'm sensitive. Like, I've learned to figure out the whole itchy boob life, but I can't handle butt itch. That's just, I, that's a, it's a no for me. But we are all in agreement because I say itchy boobs over itchy butt all day. Because can you imagine you're just walking down the street, do 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 do, and that itch gets you in the booty, and you like, oh, it's a no. So I'm like, give me the itchy boobs all day. Because think about it, like if you're at work, if your boobs itch, you can like, you know, play it off, you know, move around. But if your butt itch, mm, 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 it's a no. And I was telling Sunny D, Bisha, that I use pasties, and so I have this. I started this new brand of pasties and they are making my boobs crazy itchy and so I was like oh no so when she uh logged in I'm over here like rubbing my boobs like no it's so bad <laughs> so, so yeah why the butt though because then it's like did you the first question to my mind is did you clean is it clean properly did you use some wipes what is going on and then you would think the next one is like odor come on now like I don't know that's what comes to my mind oh great points and so y'all know we have a quote of every single episode and so today's quote is money is not the most important thing in the world love is fortunately i love money by jackie mason i am the a love of the money definitely and it just kind of makes the world go around a little bit because either you're stressed about what you can't pay and or you have an abundance and you're still worried about who you need to pay regardless so i'm with the love of my first thought for this quote was cue cardi b because that's the only 
other thing that I thought about. And then once I thought about it with a little bit more in depth, I'm like, let's not, I, I do want to say like money makes the world go round. Just like Nisha said, it is how we get to do any and everything that we get to and have to do in this world and in this life. But let's please not get it confused with that one scripture that shall not be named because of the poor people mindset that having money is bad and money is evil. And therefore those people that have it are not good people. That is not the case. Money is a tool. And if you don't want to have certain tools in your toolbox, then just say that. Girl, yes. And y'all make great points. So there we go. And yes, Sunny D, uh, of course, this made me think of Cardi B because y'all know I love Cardi B. So this month, as we take off and talk about In My Amazing Cardi B and this most iconic song, in my opinion, money, money, money. I got to fly. I need a jet. I need cheese on my egg. Come on now. Um, But nothing in the world that we love more than what? Checks and money. So with that, y'all, I know y'all heard it. We got a new voice on the podcast. Her name is Bisha. And so we're going to let her go ahead and introduce yourself, girl. I own a business called Budgeting Sense. I've been doing budgets and other people budgets since 2017. It was really kind of dope. Um, I just love what I do. Nine times out of ten. Sometimes it's challenging. Other times it's not. It can be easy and sometimes it can be hard. That's me. Okay. So as you know, we our podcast is about adulting and how we didn't have a blueprint. We figuring this shit out as we go, honestly. So how would you describe adulting? It is ghetto. Very much so annoying at times. Sometimes you just want to be irresponsible, but you can't. A mess. That's the, in, in short, sweet. It's a mess. Somebody lied very much. So, yeah. Girl, you are speaking facts. Because whoever said go, grow up and be an adult lied. Like, this, this, I don't want it. Can we go back? Like, no. When were you introduced to the concept of adulting? Well, I have two older sisters and I have a little brother. So, we pretty much was like single parent, single parent household. So, older sister, responsible. And then I have to be the responsible person for my brother. So, probably like 11, 12. Hey, make sure he has this. Make sure he does this. Stuff ready. Like, stuff like that. I'm the one with no job yet. So, the small things. How did that make you feel like being 11 and like now looking back on it and knowing that at 11 you were doing things that adults were doing? I feel um, now that it's not as, I guess, I guess more like now it's not like mind taxing, like you not necessarily like miss a childhood or any of that. Cause I feel like I had a really good childhood. I feel like, you know, some of the stuff was definitely something to learn, but not have to be so young, not have to be or go through like some of the stuff that I had to, but I feel like that it made me who I am today. I mean, I feel like it made me as responsible as I needed to be in this moment. Okay. Okay. Hey. So, I mean, transitioning into adulthood, you said you were doing this at 11. My question for you is, did you have a blueprint, like, transitioning into adulthood, like, thinking, looking back until now? Of course not. So, normally you get to, like, see the mistakes and you see the, I guess, the achievements of the people that are in front of you first. And what you want to pick up, what you don't want to pick up, the things that they do right, the things that you feel like is they do wrong at that time. So, you just kind of pick up the things that are around you more. And it becomes like most people say it's like your environment creates you or your environment kind of molds you to whatever you are in your in your adult life or whatever. I agree to a certain extent because at that point it was what I was seeing, what was around me. The everybody got all these responsibilities, everybody got all these things they have to do. And now it's just my turn. I took it as it was just my turn at that moment. That's a great perspective, girl. Because for me, I was like, I don't like this. No one's no. Mm -mm. How do I go back? I want to go back past Monopoly and get my. 
I, you, I'll give you the $200 back. So my question for you is like, so what would be two words that you would describe your whole entire journey into adulthood? It's so many words. Is it really just two? Um, I would probably say strength for one and probably change. We're not going to let you slide out. Tell me more. Why those two is because like some of the things that you go through while you're going through adulthood, definitely you have to have the strength to go to. You definitely like want to, some things prepare you and then other things that you go through kind of break you down a little bit for you to have the strength to go through the next step and change because it's only constant thing like you you will never be the same we always continue to evolve there's always going to be um something that you want to strive for that you have to change for like the same way and the same thoughts that you had when you were 21 or 25 18 is not going to be the same thoughts that actually builds you in your 30s so how you said about ooh, when we were 21 mm, mm, mm. young thought we knew it all and dumb <laughs> back to your 30s because we are adulting-ish in our 30-ishness, right? So if you could go back and tell your younger 21-year-old self, or you can pick your age, whatever age you want to pick, what would you tell her about specifically two things? One, adulting and this money. I have actually thought about this. I would actually tell myself to always stay open because I feel like between 18 and 21, from where I'm from, it wasn't like the greatest situation leaving, but it was the best situation for me. So always be open to change. Always be like ready to like go to the next level. Don't always close yourself off to the thought of you doing something greater than what you see. I would definitely that would definitely be a starting point. And um as far as the money goes, invest early and invest often would definitely be the next one because compounding interest is something else. Oh, she about to take us already there. All right, audience. So as we talked about in the quotes and in the introduction, we are talking about some money today because as adulting, if y'all ain't learning now, money is challenging. We go through money challenges all the time. And I don't know about y'all, but buying tires is fucking expensive. Like you need to budget for this. And so she said a word. I'm pretty sure if y'all haven't heard it, if y'all have, we still like to give proper definitions over here. But she said compound interest. Now I've read a book called Compound, but what is compound interest? It's basically when, um, like, okay, take take example, savings accounts and money market accounts. Every one of them gives you something a little different. Right now, we're coming through the pandemic, post-pandemic. So all of the interest rates at the banks went down first, um, 2020, 2021. 2022, and this year, they start coming back up. But it's like, instead of you getting a 1%, 2%, it's at like 3 4%. And the longer you keep your money there, the more percents you get, depending on if it's like a monthly or if it's like every quarter for those accounts. Well, compound interest works in almost same retrospect, but the longer you keep the stocks or the longer you keep the asset, it's, it, it compounds on like, say in seven years, you get in seven years on that money, you know, I got the little interest, little interest, little interest, then you get a big long sum. And then the next couple of years, the little interest, little, little interest, but on all the interest that you accrue, you still get a larger amount on top of that, if that makes sense. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> There's no one yet. Okay. Okay. Take, for example, you have, um, I have five cents. Oh, no. Perfect example. 
example, I have one cent. And if I save one cent every day, that one cent turn into two cents. Two cents turn into four cents. Four turns into eight, eight, 16, and so on and so forth. Say you did it for 30 days. You should have a little over, I want to say about a million. It might not be 100% right with it. But as the money compounds on top of each other, you get to keep what you save and you get to keep what the compound is. And then you get a bigger lump sum at the end. So I find compounding interest really interesting because I remember being in school in like economics class, which mind you was only a semester and it should be a full year. But I remember looking at compound interest, but it was in a negative light. So like we didn't learn about compound interest in money market accounts or in stocks and holding assets, just like Misha was talking about. I learned compound interest in your credit card interest. So if you have credit cards and you hold a balance, now the next month you have more of a balance. Even if you've paid the minimum 20, 25, $30 or whatever, they charge interest on whatever that balance is. And the longer you hold a balance, the more interest is being charged. So now your credit card that had a limit of maybe like $300 in six months, if you're only paying the minimum, you now have a balance of like $500. So, so it is like houseway. It's because of compound interest. It works forwards and backwards. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't quite understand. I think they understand it in the credit card sense because a lot of people our age and a lot of people in general have dealt with credit card debt, especially in college when they just throwing you credit card applications left and right and they proving you with zero credit history whatsoever and giving you like thousand dollar limits. It's ridiculous. It's an absolute scam and it's predatory, but that's a whole other, other discussion. But like having that same understanding of how that works, but in an investment light can be absolutely game changing. So Sunny D, you hit on something that Visha wants you to explain to me because I know. So I love credit cards, y'all. Like I don't, I, they give me debit cards, but literally I think I've shredded them. I don't know where my debit cards are. Granted, I know they're locked up in a safe. Let me say that. They're either locked up in a safe or they're shredded because I don't use them. So my question is because how Sunny D said, like, you know, these people are preying on these young college kids with credit cards, but no one really understands credit cards or interest rates or what's an AP, is it APR, APT, AP something, APR. Thank you, y'all. <laughs> Can you explain that to me like as if I was like a five-year-old so I can understand? Okay, so part, definitely what she just said, the interest the interest in the compounding part, definitely loved it. But yes, but you can play the game two different ways. Um, no debit card can be a good thing. Having a debit card can be a bad thing too. If you have the mindset and the understanding of the um, credit and how to actually use the credit cards, a lot of us don't know at the beginning is correct, but you can actually play the game that everybody else plays and actually like pay our bills through your credit card and just use your accounts or whatever to pay the credit card. Therefore, there's no liability. When you use your debit card, the debit card, like say somebody stole the debit card, you use your debit card all the time, they have access now to all your money. So in that sense, it's like, okay, do you leave yourself open to always getting it or do you close that channel and only use the credit card for that? So the APR thing is something that they give at the beginning and they tell you what percentage that you're going to have to pay on whatever balance is left. There's a lot of cards that uh, American Express, one of them, or whatever are mostly charge cards. Discover is mostly a charge card or whatever and those balances are supposed to be getting paid at the end of every month. They don't tell you that at the beginning and it's part of the fine print of the preying on the college students. Cush, I was at college. I literally probably had probably 19 offers my first semester and I guess you don't know if you have good credit. 
is not something that was taught to us about credit and how to use credit and how to do this. A charge card like basically is a card that you can only spend money on. And that's basically it. has to be paid at the end of the month. Um, regular credit cards can actually have a revolving uh, balance on or you can carry it for the next month. Is it a good thing? No. Can it be a good thing? Yes. I mean, people say either way. Depending on how, on how high the APR is, which is the interest that you pay on the amount that's on there, would you want to even carry that? But if Discover is really high, it's like between 14 and 26%. American Express, um, minimum, some of them barely start at like 15% to where you have to pay back. <laughs> Sometimes. And then you have the lower ones, more like the bank cards or like Chase or Wells Fargo that issue credit cards. Credit unions are really good about their their APRs being kind of low. Navy Federals is high. I have Navy Federal. They're pretty high at starting at like around nine or 10%. But outside of it, I mean, I guess it can, it can go either way. I am just shocked of my just brain just stopped when you said APR like almost 28%. Lord, you ain't never going to pay this off. Goodness. That's the idea. That's how they make money. And yes, that's what I was going to tap into of like, this is the predatory stuff that people don't realize of like, oh, we're going to give you this really, really high interest rate, but you can just charge it to your card. It's okay. Um, So you can charge it to your card. It's okay. But then 28%, damn, I just paid for what? Fries at Chick-fil-A and it's 28% on that? The fries ain't even worth it. No. But it's only when you leave the balance is when you have to pay. Them. That's a good point. So Miss Fisha, when is it a good time to leave a balance? I currently leave balances. I have two cards that I do leave a balance and it's a revolving, but it's not a charge card. So it kind of works in my little favor and my percentage is definitely low. So uh, depending on if you actually have uh, credit or no credit or bad credit, do you want to leave like a balance? I guess in my little opinion, I leave it like say I want to roll over something because I haven't used this card for a while and I need to show them that I'm actually using cards so the card don't get close. For me, I actually do like envelopes and I budget through my savings accounts as far as like breakdowns. If I plan to like, okay, perfect example. Say I decide I'm going to do a big purchase and I haven't used my cards in about six, seven months. I'm going to leave the first month. I'll pay the interest on it. Let it roll. The next month is probably when I'll pay it off because now I have payment of the first month and the second month. So yeah, I'm using the card. Yeah, I done played the interest game and then I pay the card off. Like it's not like a whole okay, I'm going to let $5,000 just roll from month to month to month to month to month. Because at that point, the little balance that they tell you for your statement day due date thing is only really, you only really plan the interest part of the balance. That's why it's so low. So say if you had a balance on your credit card, you know, we had a, 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 what you call it, an actual amount. Okay, so they gave me a $5,000 limit. I'm not going to leave $5,000 on there and let it roll so many times. And all I'm doing is end up paying interest. $5,000, I might only pay $30 a month if the $30 a month, but that's all I'm end up paying, which is less than the amount of the actual bill itself because it's only the interest payment. And then when it rolls through the next time, it's going to be plus that $30 that I paid, which is only the interest. So now it's another interest on top of that. So I never really paid any of the freaking bill. I never really paid any of, and then that ain't got me in a trap. At this point, they got me in a trap because I'm only budgeting for the $30 a month. I know it's $5,000 on the card. I know that's the, the balance, but you get comfortable 
in only paying the minimum. Yeah, those, listen, those minimum balances really do be getting you. And granted, it's not to say, and personally, I think, at least with my experience, doing the minimum balance is necessary when you want to make sure that your payments are current and you don't want to fall behind. And if all you can do is pay the minimum this month, go ahead and pay the minimum this month because the minute you have a missed payment, that's effing up your credit in and of itself. So that you don't want to do. Just do like the minimum if you can. But you mentioned just a second ago about statement dates and the close date. And I, this is something relatively new-ish, like just within the last year that I've really started to kind of understand how they work. You have a specific like close date on your statement and then an actual statement date of when the bill is due. But those two dates are really important on how you pay them off and how that affects like your credit and how you budget to pay them off. So like Misha, have you had experience on maybe paying a certain amount on the close date and then paying another amount on the statement date or do you just do when the due date is? I love it. Um, Yes, I do play with that. So I make the minimum on the actual um, due date of whatever they tell me the due date is. And then like maybe three days before a statement date, I make, if I'm going to pay it off, I pay it off the end. If I want to, going to hold a balance, I make sure that whatever the amount is, is going to be less than maybe 25% of eulage or whatever. So when it hits my credit, it still shows that I'm responsible. It still shows that I'm in the ranking of less than 30% eulage or whatever. And once you, if you make a payment, once you make the payment before the statement date, that's what's reported to the credit bureaus, whatever balance is left on there then versus the actual due date. Then they normally range about maybe seven to 10 days from each other. That was a gem. Like, cause I'm thinking, cause I similar, I do something similar to you of like, I honestly, I don't think about the date or anything. I just pay twice, which is probably overpaying, but it's done. So I don't have to worry about it. It's like, listen, I don't like owing people and I don't want you taking my money, but also I want my points. So <laughs> that's what I think about. But how did you even get into all this money and budgeting and keeping track of all of this? Like how? I, I need to understand the why behind that. Okay. So previous and past, I'm not going to say that I didn't put, I guess, I, I mean, love is love. Let's start there. Love is love. So you put yourself in different situations when you think you've grown and it has a way of showing you something totally different. And I felt like at that point in my life, I put and allowed my finances to be in somebody else's hands and it didn't go as well as I thought it was going to go. Definitely well as I thought it was going to go. So when the relationship ended, that support also ended. But at that point, I have a child. I have bigger responsibilities than just myself. So you definitely have to start making or sacrificing rather for the things that are more important. I had my kid 21 or whatever. I just turned 22 when I had her. So um, I was in a situation with her dad that he kind of really took care of a lot of things. So there was things that I didn't have to worry about or whatever. I didn't have to worry about the rent. I didn't have to worry about Carlos. I didn't have to do all this stuff. But when it came down to us separating, it wasn't like we were separating equally. I was separating up under the amount of what I would have needed in order to just barely take care of me. So I 
push for the opportunity of making sure that before the before we separated that I had some at least some of the stuff in control or in my control a little bit where it wasn't going to be like this big blow or I had to go home or I had to go back home. So that's I guess that was more like the frightening starting point. But even before it's like when you grow up and you see certain things and you experience certain things because I went through the whole lights on lights off thing moving back in with my my grand my grandparent or whatever having or I guess being around and surrounded by you know cousins and we all stay in one house kind of thing or whatever because it wasn't the finances around me wasn't so secure so I knew where I didn't want to go back to so it made me want to actually push for to be like more independent more strong making sure that I have a savings account making sure that I knew or created an environment for myself that there was no backwards which I guess was pretty pretty powerful in that manner and I didn't have a reason to go like back home I didn't have a reason to go and try to figure out life somewhere else because I done failed now before the relationship I felt like I was very strong in in my whole finances I was in this whole bubble of I could take care of myself I could take care of myself or whatever I don't really need nobody to do xyz or whatever but then when that came and it's like okay this type of security I I haven't had or whatever oh you take care of this I I done paid my rent by myself oh I was in college like I don't really need nobody to do that oh but I got you I don't really need the light bill I got a car though now like oh but I got you but then we said we think about okay so when that relationship ends or when that part of your journey ends how can I still be able to take care of myself when I've relinquished all those right I've submitted to this person and or this situation and I've relinquished all of that how do you go backwards you just said a whole word to every single woman that is listening to this and I hope and pray y'all pick that up and man we can include you too but specifically (laughs) specifically my women out there is because like you said we get in situations where oh the dude's making the most money okay you handle the finances da 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 but y'all have to know what the finances are you have to know where the money is going you you have to know because at any given moment like you said we could break up and I'm thinking of the I'm sorry y'all this is where my brain is going I can Tina like Tina was the money I controlled the money and when she wanted to leave she literally went to the hotel with what her name and said I can pay you tomorrow like as women I know it's easy for us to be like yeah let's go ahead you're the man in the house I'll let you do what you do but we have to know the numbers like we have to be involved we have to know how the hell we are gonna make it through if not even if we break up if you die what does that look like for me and my child if you if something happens to you and you're in the hospital tomorrow what does that look like for me paying my bills and not just my bills your bills the hospital bills who's asking like where's everything so ladies if y'all do not hear anything hear what Bisha said get your money in order get it in line because baby we in 2023 we not about to be dealing with these we're not about to be dealing with bullshit that we don't have to deal with so we want to ease life we want to be peaceful ease ease and soft life I'm just going to add to also you have to actually be able to recognize the red flags of if this person can actually take care of you if as you go through like different things can you recognize if they are financially good with their own money yeah they can pay the bills because the money's coming in but are they financially sound enough to not necessarily like lead you down a a road with no (laughs) with with no lights on like you want to see the lights at the end of the tunnel yes but are you just gonna blindly go because this is a person walking with you like we also have to realize it too because I mean had I paid attention to all of those flags like or 
I ask questions about outfits and why we buying this and why we doing this and we have to pay X amount of bills. And then it's like, oh, but I pay all the bills. So why is that a question type of thing? Money, money questions should always be open dialogue. Finances should always be open dialogue in any relationship. And that's why I feel like that we missed the boat at, at in the middle of. I agree with that a hundred percent. It's not enough to know that the needs are getting met, but you need, it's important and imperative for, I think, the success of the relationship or where y'all have planned to go, assuming if you're in a you know type of relationship where you've talked about these things and you have a plan and you guys are on the same team going in the same direction, is this allowing those goals and things like that to continue to happen? Like, it's not enough to make sure that the lights are on. Every single dollar that comes through y'all's doors has to be accounted for. Whether that is money put aside for the bills and making sure all those necessities get met and money put aside for miscellaneous funds or an entertainment budget or, you know, car maintenance. Because like we, like Nikai said earlier, tires are expensive and that buy three, get one free deal is bullshit. I'm going to be real with you. Truly it is. Because the tires that are buy three, get one free are not the tires you actually need for your vehicle. Okay. I'm just going to say that right now. You need the more expensive one. They know that. You know that. Pay the $800 and go on about your life, but you got to prepare for it. But yeah, you have to budget for all those things. Every little bit of money has to be accounted for and you can't just be spending it all willy nilly even if those needs are met because then there's no opportunity for savings now you have no money set aside for investments because those shoes they're not gonna appreciate like you think they do babe they just don't i'm gonna say depending on what shoes because some shoes out here depending on if you're a sneakerhead they are going for money money out here so (laughs) but i get where you're going and that's leading me to i need y'all i just need you to tell me visha like how are we tracking all this like how what am i supposed to be doing is this pen and paper is this digital is this i come to you and you tell me hey this is what you make this is what you need to be doing because i think about like a budget i let me rephrase i had this conversation with a friend and she was like she doesn't like budgeting because she feels like it's limiting her but i'm like for me i like it because i see where things are going i don't know if that's because i'm type a and i'm a controller or like i like to control things and for me i'm just itemized but what what's the proper way like help help her and friend i hope you listen because this is your question um i don't feel like that there's a proper way a right or a wrong way i actually um track both ways i do it digitally in an excel spreadsheet for myself and i actually have i I really like pen and paper because it allows me to see so i do uh like a budgeting notebook every year rather it's just like a regular notebook that's why i started regular notebook write down all my bills breaking it down per check and or like okay i pay this out of this one i can pay this one out of this one i can pay this one out of this one and then depending on the due date it jumps to the next check like I like pen, I like really the pen and paper myself but if I wanted to go back no I'm not gonna go look back at it like three five six months from now and be like oh I forgot to budget this one thing that's what I do for my spreadsheet like if I want to know on average how much my light bill is I can go back and look at the spreadsheet and like oh okay well I was trending high this month I was trending low this month so there really is not a, any surprises about when my bill is gonna be the highest for next year that was a good question Akai, because that's one of the things that I've been trying to figure out what technique kind of makes the most sense for the way that my husband and I are like budgeting our money and we have certain goals that we want to achieve. So good old pen and paper is kind of what we start with, but I'm also the type of person that I I retain information when I write things down. So like having to write things out, these are all of our expenses for the week, just like you mentioned these, and this is how much, you know, the check is. So this is how much money we have left over. And then it's like, we come together 
together of how do we want to allocate what is left after our needs are met. And we have our different kind of buckets that we kind of put money towards and stuff like that. Uh, but we also do the same thing. We should, we have a Excel spreadsheet where we have all of the expenses and when they're due and how much they tend to be so that we know what stuff is coming up and it kind of makes things easier to see everything all in one place. So it was one of the questions that I had because I'm like, am I just doing twice as much work? Like, am I, am I doing the same work twice? Or is there a simpler, more efficient way? I'm, currently it's working, but I, that was a good question because I definitely wanted to pick your brain on that one. I feel like whatever way it works, if it's not broke, you know, if it's not broke. I like the idea of y'all actually doing it together. Do y'all have like a day of the week? Like y'all do it every week or y'all have one day for the month that y'all actually do the budget? So yes, <laughs> in, in the short in the short answer. So at the start of the year, we'd been, I, I would do the whole, like write everything out for the entire month. Like for week one, this is what these expenses are. Week two, this is what these expenses are. And my check's the same every pay period. So it's easier now to be able to look at a month as a whole, as opposed to check the check when I was in like a commission-based situation and every check was different. Now everything is the same. So it's much easier to do. So we would look at it like at the beginning or the tail end of the previous month for the upcoming month and kind of map everything out. But now we actually, just this past week, actually, we just had a conversation like, okay, maybe we need to touch base more often on where we are and kind of what we're doing in case we need to pivot and we need to change and do something. Because there would be like family stuff that comes up that we didn't necessarily budget for, which is where we came up with the idea, okay, maybe we need to have a budget for like an entertainment budget. So like, if you want to go out to eat, we have a fund where we could take money from there as opposed to taking it from some other place that may be more of a priority. So we have, it's funny, I have it on my scheduler to we meet like on Tuesday and on Friday. <laughs> like Tuesday, this is what the plan is. Friday, we check in just to make sure this is what the plan is. Are we still sticking to this or do we need to change and pivot? And then we kind of go from there. So we're trying to be more consistent with kind of like budget check-ins so that we know what we're doing and we're prepared for surprises if the, that event comes up. So I, I would encourage you, I would encourage you to, I'm not, not, not saying that anything is wrong, but I would encourage you to do it instead of once a month to plan for the next month, pull your bank statements from the last three months. And the reason why I say the last three months is because you just went through Christmas, February, you just went through Christmas. So you kind of already plan out in your mind of, okay, I bought this, I bought this, I bought this. So then you can add up those expenses. And then for this year, you can start your budget breakdown of, I want to spend X amount of dollars for Christmas. I want to spend X amount of dollars for birthdays. I know that we're going to have family events. If I'm not right, you said family events. I know I'm going to have family events going on at this time. You can actually plan it in three month increments or every 12 week increments versus every month. And it kind of puts you more on a track of, I know in the future, this is where this is going. Then it's just saving and and making plans for the very next month. No, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's kind of something that I is a goal of mine to do this year. So we didn't have a whole lot of like holiday shopping to do. And mainly because we didn't really plan for it. So it was like, well, this is all we got. So we just focus on kids and, you know, our nieces and nephews and kept it moving. But for this year, I was like, I want to be able to have a certain fund or a certain, you know, amount of assets and resources to gift for birthdays or to gift for or, you know, a wedding or, you know, for the holidays coming up. So what I started at the very beginning of the year was every pay period, I would get a, like a $25 gift card to like Amazon or Target. And the idea is to every pay period do that throughout the year. So come November, when it's time to do holiday,
holiday shopping, I can either gift with those gift cards or I can do my shopping with those gift cards. And that's not money taken out of our regular household budget. That's funds that we've already planned for to spend on XYZ. And then whatever money's left over, <laughs> we get to keep and spend for ourselves. So that's kind of what we were thinking of. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I like looking at my year as a whole and I like looking at it in quarters, three month increments for that very reason to kind of help narrow down the focus without making things too vague or too broad. And I think that's a very good tip for all of our listeners to maybe do that. Go back last three months and see what you spent and how your spending habits were so that you can prepare and pivot if necessary for the next quarter. That's great, great advice. So I have an audience question for you. And the question is, it's a two-parter. This young lady um, has just switched from getting paid two times a month to getting paid one time a month. And so she asked, um, how do you budget on just getting paid once a month? And then a follow-up question with that is, how do you get out of debt when you are so in debt and you only have one income? One bite at a time. Have you ever heard of how do you eat an elephant? So one bite at a time. Small steps equals big steps. The smaller the step at the beginning, it's like you're trying to plan it. You're trying to get through the things that you have going on. And like a lot of people say, okay, but I'm only staying afloat. Okay, we get it. But at the end of the day, you will would be able to see all what your money is going. Reason why I said the last three months of your um, bank statements, whatever bank that you use and or you should be able to pull your statement. But that's going to be the most truest way to actually break down where your money is going. And you have to know where it's going first, right? So say you have, you like to eat out. You don't really buy groceries. Oh, I didn't spend it. I didn't spend that type of money. I didn't, I would never spend two, $300 on out to eat. Da, 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 da. Go look at your past statements because I'm sure it's in there. You pull the last statement you probably see 400 some dollars on just out to eat 350 on just out to eat oh we only went out a couple of times me and my homegirl only went out a couple of times sometimes it's okay to say no part of setting boundaries or whatever i feel like that from the two week to depending on how the two week runs mine is bi-weekly for my actual nine to five so for my bi-weekly i get an extra third i guess pay period in mine so it's 13 well 26 so it's actual 13 in total checks like for months that i've been budget out for. So if y'all go back in my last three months, I'm going to see where all I've been eating out. I'm going to see if I spent any extra money on Amazon. I'm going to see all of those things that I've been telling myself that it wasn't wasn't real. Oh no, I haven't been on Amazon this month. I haven't swiped my car for this. And it'd be the small purchases that really add up. 100%. It could be those $15, $16. When you're buying for you and a kid, when you're buying for you and a spouse, household, whole households, you tend to go from that one person comfortable $18 meal which does not exist anymore. So I'm going to say 10 to $20 meals or whatever every time to you going to every time you go out it's $50. Every single time you hit uh, this restaurant and my child loves Chick-fil-A for some ungodly reason. So every time we hit, you know, the Jesus chicken, we are somewhere around $35 every time we go. And it's just two of us. Like, it's that's crazy, right? So what I just, what I would do, and it's just me, what I would do when you go from the two week to the one month, depending on how the month happens, you end up having an overflow. So yes, I paid it for this time. So you get paid on the first and the 15th. Okay, so you know, that's be the most easiest way to transition into the one month. If you get paid on the 5th and the 20th, that's a lot, little different, but you should have extra money flowing or left over from that 20th check, depending on how the bills run. Because in less than, you don't have to wait till the 5th for that first check. Your first check is coming on the 1st. So you can actually budget your bills, all of them out on the 1st. 
I suggest paying it all on the first. Set up, if you get paid on the first of the month and it's the one time, start setting all your stuff on auto, knowing that from the first to the fifth, all of this stuff is going to come out. Depending on if it's like some people get, yes, it's the first, but it doesn't, it's not the first business day, right? The reason why I said first and the fifth, sometimes it's you're going to get paid on the 31st or the 30th versus the first, because now it's going to push through depending on how the banks actually take the payment. I will still set on all auto or whatever, because it puts you in a situation where you're not going to forget to go to the gas company or the light company or your phone bill to go pay these bills right off. But it's on auto. So now there's no late payments. There's no this going on. Okay. Say, God forbid, the amount that's going to be on the first check is not going to cover the whole amount. That's what the leftovers are going to come from from previous. But you also have to, it also gets out of, okay, I paid my rent. I paid my light bill. I paid the gas bill. I paid my car note. I paid the insurance. Now I have like, say, $750 left at the end of the month. What can I do to budget this $750? And that's what you end up budgeting out is the end part after all the bills. So I should write all the bills down. Everything that's going to come out, your Netflix, because that's what people forget about. Oh, my Netflix, my Hulu, those are small bills, but they are add-up bills. Depending on what Netflix you got and who has your password, are you paying $19 and $21 and, you know, when they went up. But I would go, literally go from, yes, it's going to be hard for the transition, but I would tra- I would transition it in that way of not too much, not too many things coming out. You don't go crazy. You're not going to go crazy from this one, from this month going into the transition for the one month and see what you have left over for the end of the month. Try not to go to the fast food. Try not to go to fast food first. Say that because like, you can't really just stop eating fast food when you start. So say it was, you went from every two weeks, it's $1,500 every two weeks. So you get three. And then that one lump sum check is like $3,300 or whatever every month. You kind of added $300, but it also could be a takeaway to, well, okay, I'm going to leave the $300 as a cushion. I'm still going to budget the same $3,000 or whatever. My bills in total is $2,250. I have $750 left or whatever. This is what I'm going to budget for food. This is what I'm going to budget for gas. This is what I'm going to budget for debt. And a lot of people don't budget their debt. Highlight part, like credit card debt is a big one. Getting loans, payday loans, all the other stuff. You have to budget that in as if it was something that you had to pay just like the Netflix. It's something that you have to pay just like the, the Hulu or whatever, gas bill, cell phone bill, however. What was the second part of the question? Her second part of the question was, how do you get out of debt when you only have one income and it doesn't cover everything? Hello, Instacart. Hello, DoorDash. Hello, side hustles. I will be side hustling out of the yin yang. There's so many different opportunities to make extra money outside of a nine to five. If the time restraint is the issue, then you need to formulate it different. If you're saying that you don't have extra in the end of the month and these are the bills, try to figure out where's the rest of the money going because sometimes the bills are a lot, but you can also minimize those bills. Try changing cell phone plans, calling the light bills, switching light companies, switching insurance companies, because everybody, if y'all did not know, you can switch your insurance in the middle of the insurance, especially if it's cheaper somewhere else and then get the refund. That's really a thing. But people don't like to shop around because they're so loyal to wherever they are. Oh, I've been with Allstate for X amount of years. Oh, Geico is the cheapest place around. It is not. Geico goes up at least 30 to $40 every six months. Your insurance, which you, oh no, it's not that bad. Oh no, it's not that much. But if you shopped around to the unknown names or whatever, you'll get a whole better rate than what they said. Oh no, but we have the better for this zip code. We have the better this for this zip code, whatever. That was a lot of information, a lot of good information. One of the things that popped into my mind was not only just shopping around, but being okay with, with moving some stuff. You know, 
heck, recently I just switched like light companies and it wasn't anything that I thought about. I had moved from one place to another and, you know, you could just transfer your service. So like that's simple, that's easy. Didn't really have to think about it. And it wasn't until um, I think a lady came to my door, good old fashioned uh, door to door sales when I was like, okay, maybe I do need to, to shop around and to look. And you kind of get to see where your opportunities are within your budget to make a shift and to cut some things. And sometimes it's it's bigger than just like not eating out or whatever, but sometimes you actually may need to truly reevaluate whether you're actually making enough money. And if it is plausible for you to get another job, a better job, and not necessarily like a second job, but a better primary job. Because that's one of the things that I ended up doing last year is I loved where I was. I liked the people that I worked with. I liked the work that I did, but it got to the point where it's like, it was costing me money to go to work. It was costing me more money to go to work than to not have a job at all. It's just like collect unemployment or something. And I had to make up my mind, like I need another job and I need to make more money in just my primary job. And so I went through this whole saga, which we've kind of talked on the show off and on about for a little bit of switching jobs and actually leveling up when it comes to your primary income. At some point, you might just have to bite the bullet and leave where you currently are for something that is financially better for you. And there's a lot of free certifications. There's a lot of free courses online that you can educate yourself with and put yourself in a position to be a quality candidate for those jobs that's going to bring you the type of money where paying your day-to-day necessities isn't going to be as life-draining. Change is not comfortable. Head for the people in the back. Oh, girl, you done said that. Like, I'm over here, like, over here taking notes and I'm like, I know we got another audience question, but I'm like, I want to ask my question. So a follow-up question from one of our audience members is what does a consultation with you look like? How can they find you? And then what is the psychology behind money? Because money scares to look at my money, it scares me. I have a website, but um is budgeting sense by net. And it breaks down all of the consultation prices, all of the if you decide you want to do a month to month, if you decide that you want me to just do the finances for you, walk you through some of the stuff and or help you on the goals that you have for the year. Like that's a that's something that I, I feel like sometimes people want to be hands off. I encourage you to like, let me handhold you as you go through the thing. So you're learning as well. But some people just want to be like, hey, okay, well, bookkeeping side, just handle that. I don't want to have to look at it. Da, 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 da. But um, it's a great book called The Psychology of Money. And it is definitely worth the read. I feel like that the whole money thing comes from and stems from sometimes past traumas, things that you haven't really dealt with. Some people, well, I was a big person on let me let me see your already your mistakes so I don't make them versus me actually making those mistakes too which I mean we all have our fair share of things that we have to work on and things that we've done but that was really big for me like I seen like my parent have all of these things that she had to do and things she had to work on with her credit with like just maintaining or whatever and she did that with four kids so I never want to have to go through that now I'm trying to figure it out and now I'm trying to like I guess pick my best pick myself up by my bootstraps type of thing never wanted to be that type of person but I mean environment change things change or whatever but I would encourage the sit down to like figure out what your goals are where you want where you see yourself in the next two years where you see yourself in the next five years and build your goals on that also a great week is a 12-week year it breaks your it breaks your goals down your vision for your life it breaks your goals down in 12-week increments and you build off of the vision that you have and then the goals are set every 12 
of weeks. And you kind of compound on that. But it gives you this momentum of believing in yourself, believing that you can do it, believing that, okay, everything is doable because now I'm taking it, like I said, one step at a time or one bite at a time. Those are good books. And thank you for answering her question. Question is... <laughs> How are you educating your little one on all of this amazing knowledge that you have? Okay. So when I was younger, we were never allowed to sit in on the conversations about money. So there was a, never a conversation of how my mom paid all the bills, what bills she paid, the things that she did. There was never a conversation, right? Now, since I've been on the journey that I've been on or whatever, and you got to take your journey personally. Sometimes we look at other people's journey and be like, okay, wow, I can never strive to get to X amount of places or whatever they did so great okay you can do the same thing you just got to figure out mindset wise where you want to be at or whatever and it could be as small as okay i want to get my first car on my own i want to um be able to pay all my bills every month versus me trying to pick and choose which ones you want to pay or whatever it could just be the small things but since she turned seven or whatever the i want thing was really big i want i deserve i this and her dad never had a problem with saying no but when it comes to oh, okay, well, I can't get that right now or I can't do that right now. She Kids don't understand it. They just see, oh, well, I want this and this person's able to get it. That's where they at in their mind with it. When she became, she, well, I feel like by seven, eight, she was able to understand, okay, well, I can get this, but I can also get this. Well, if I ask this person, I can get this. And then her dad got on the same page about the conversation we needed to start having. Okay, we, we could get this, but at this moment, this is what's going on. Okay, so- we sit down and say, okay, well, Kennedy, well, we're going to pay this. We got to pay this. And it's like, now she's learning how to ask a trap, right? So at the beginning of the month, okay, Kennedy, I have this amount or whatever. And it might not be a big amount for her, but okay, I have this amount. Okay, we need, we got to pay the lights. Kennedy, you gotta, we got to do this. And I let her add it up and I let her subtract it. And okay, well, how much do I got left, Kennedy? You know, okay, well, I only have like 100, 100 in this. Okay, so are we still going out to eat? Are we, are we still, do you still want the toy? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, you know, this is what I have left. Is That's a lot. That's a lot. And, and most kids think $20 is a lot. But then when you start putting them in a conversation with you, okay, well, this is what's going on. And this is what I have. And so for so long, and then now we are at a stage where she gets an allowance. She's 12. She gets an allowance now. So we broke it down to, and I waited a while for that, granted. But she gets an allowance. She gets like $125, probably roughly every week or so. I know, I know. On a, on top of chores on top of like little stuff that she wants to do she's in AAU she plays she plays basketball so some of the things that they've done a weekend tournament wise she needs X amount of dollars to go she still travels so so high I understand but it also is a thing where we got into pre-pandemic I got into the stocks so at the beginning she's been a part of my stock journey so when she decides she wants something okay well okay well how much do you have left so we broke it into what she saves what she gets to spend what she gets to give so the stuff that she actually spends, she actually spends her money on. Oh, I want an Apple stock. Oh, I want a this stock. So then her money take, gets taken out of her little envelope. Okay, well, now you, you can go buy $25 of Apple stock. You can get $25 of this stock. And then we go back and forth with that. Eventually, when she gets a little older, maybe the money amount will go up. Maybe it'll go down. I don't know. So far, she's been pretty much disciplined on the things that she wants. And she knows the importance of like actually investing, actually saving for the 
probably the latter part of probably the last three years. I love everything about that. That's so beautiful to be able to have those conversations with her and her really be interested and invested in learning and comprehending for things that she may want to do and goals that she will have in the future. Because similarly to you, Visha, like I wasn't part of conversations when I was a kid with my parents as far as how to budget and how that works. It was, you know, we listen, we don't have McDonald's money. You got McDonald's money. We very, it was very much those conversations in our household. But at the same time, like I remember my dad always saying, you pay God first, you pay yourself second, you pay everything else third, which is sound advice. However, comma, that's not what I saw. So it was difficult for me to know how to actually implement that in a real life situation. And I definitely strongly believe that if I had been shown like what, how to structure a budget, what it actually looks like and how to utilize it, even the allowance that I did get, I would have been able to budget those things out. Like this is how much money I'm going to put aside for going to the movies with friends. Because back in the day, we actually used to do that. And our kid, our parents would drop us off at the mall. We'd be at the mall all day long, like all day. So like knowing actually how to budget those things, put money aside for the skate ring on the weekend. Like I would have been able to utilize something like that if they had taken time to like sit down and show it. But like, that's not, that's too adult. That's not anything children need to be concerned about. You know, you let kids be kids, but then those kids grow up to adults that don't know how to utilize money because you can tell them how to utilize money or give them actual real world examples of how it actually is a tool and how to use that tool in the real world. So I think that's incredible that you are able to sit down and have these conversations with her and she's invested. And now, hell, you couldn't ask me nothing about Apple stocks 10 years ago. I would have thought you'd be stocking apples at the grocery store. I didn't know. How was I supposed to get that information? You know what I'm saying? I definitely didn't have that information at 12. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I agree. One is that, and I'm sure you already realized this, is that you are allowing her in the conversations, but she's already have a seat at the table. Like she's building her, well, y'all technically are building her own table for her to be her own bank by the time she's 25. And at 25, like if same thing Sunny D said, if I had two percent of the knowledge I have now when I was 15 16 or when I got my first job baby when I say turning 30 would have been like oh well bitch I'm retired you you couldn't tell me anything like going to parties going get liquor oh we're gonna do this nah I'm good I'm about to go ahead and that money that y'all just about to put on all these eight ten bottles I just bought some apple stock I just shit I just bought bitcoin tell me (laughs) but I love that because you you're giving her a seat at the table but I wanted to circle back on one thing before we transition is mindset you are instilling in her a growth abundance overflowing mindset it's not coming from poverty it's not coming from lack it's not coming from as sunny d said earlier like when you grow up of like we don't have we don't have we don't have we don't have it's let's see how we can get it but the numbers have to make sense if the numbers don't make sense we ain't got well not we don't have if the numbers don't make sense boo we we just got to figure out how right so now not only are you instilling in that abundance mindset, you're instilling in her problem solving and critical thinking, but also how to get the money, not go work a job to get it. Does that make sense? So how old were all you guys when you had your first job? For me, I was 17, right before I went to college. Yeah, I was 17 because I wanted a cell phone and my dad made me pay for it myself. So I got a job. (laughs) 
my good old Nokia phone. Okay. Okay. So I got my first job when I was 15 and it wasn't necessarily by like made to, it was, I wanted a phone. I wanted like some type of independence. I wanted something for myself. Had I known then, and those were when like, it was the Motorola's and it was the big back Motorola's or whatever with extra battery. You want to go buy the extra battery or whatever. That didn't even really work. Well, I don't think I even used the phone for maybe like a couple months before they came out with the Motorola Razors, right? I'm showing my age, but still in all, um, had I known then that that was a thing called IRA and when I worked, I should be paying into my IRA. I was so frustrated then when you looked at a check stub and you want somebody to help you break down this check stub, all you see is that, okay, I'm bringing home extra $200. I'm bringing home $250. My check was $275 and who is FICO? You know, who, why do I got to pay for SSI? Who is that? Like, and why is that getting a piece of any of what I'm, I don't want to work for this, you know? But when you have literally the, like, I'm going to go back to where the environment. Okay. So if you don't have anybody around you, that's telling you that it's a good idea to buy into the IRA. It's a good idea to invest in your 401ks. It's a good idea to do all these things. I don't know about y'all, but my my parents and my grandma and them were really skeptical about that. Like you're just giving your money away. It's not going to be there when you get older. You've done da, 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 da. The stock market, I don't know about like all of the black community, but that is definitely a thing that was not talked about when I was younger. It was not something that people was in their forefront. All they wanted to do is make sure they had a job with a pension and they knew that they was going to get their retirement when they retire at six. 60, 61, 62. And that ju- it just wasn't a thing or whatever back then. It just wasn't. So when you start having those, I guess, more realer conversations of, okay, well, if you would have put money into the IRA when you very first start working, you could technically start working at 27. Like you will retire a millionaire, 100%. But it's, it's all about the people that are around you, the people that kind of feed you. Have y'all ever heard about like, if you give a person the opportunity to feed you, you also give them the opportunity to starve you? Same sense. If you give somebody the full, control of your mindset and not actually trying to go get the knowledge on your own, just listening to somebody tell you something, then you would never actually move forward into, okay, well, I'm I, I'm able to get this. I'm able to do this. I'm able to do X, Y, and Z and build up on other stuff. Because a lot of communities, not just saying the white community, the Jewish community, a lot of communities have these full-on conversations with their kids at an early age. It's just us, I believe, 100%. Like, I wasn't sat down and had this conversation. You wasn't sat down and had this conversation conversation. We just told, okay, no, we can't get that. No, we can't get that. I don't even believe that I had or ate out, like really ate out or knew what I, I see. You see the restaurants, the chicken expresses and the, for where I'm from, church's chicken was the thing. Churches and Popeye's and McDonald's and Pizza Hut, Pizza Inn. It was Pizza Inn. It wasn't even Papa John's and nothing yet. So those were the things that we wanted. Like, oh, okay, can we just order this? Oh, okay. Can we just get this? That was unheard of until I was able and old enough to be able to buy it on my own definitely didn't have it. Like we'll go, it's four of us, five of us, my mom, include my mom. So we'll go get a big thing of chicken on Sunday, but we still cook sides at the house. We still made rice at the house. Still got green, cooking up green bean cans or whatever at the house. We got the chicken, yes, but we ain't got nothing else because we finna get everything else out of the house. Like that's what the mindset there. That's was the things that was bouncing back and forth for, for me. There was a lot of things in the past that was like, okay, well, do you do what people are, do you do what people are telling you to do or do you do what you're seeing? That's 
up thing too. You can't really like, okay, yeah, I hear you. You need to get a job. You need to do this. You need to go to school, but you don't see that around you. So it's not something that you're going to all of a sudden gravitate to. It's the best thing about going to college. You have all of these cultural things around you. You have different ethnicity groups around you or whatever, where you kind of feed off of them and feed off of the, some of the things that they learn. Cause I learned so much just in college. I learned, especially when I got out of my environment, I chose to get out of the environment that I was around. It's like, it opens up so many different things around you. Yeah. She just came and literally made me clutch my pearls, but also just said a whole entire word. She preached. And if y'all didn't hear that, y'all need to rewind it and listen to that 1850, just a million times. Why? Because she literally tapped into environment and she keeps saying this theme of environment, environment, get out of your environment. If your environment is not supporting you, if your environment is not actually elevating you, hell, if you look at anybody in your, y'all know what, do this. Look at every single person that's around y'all and ask yourself, would I actually want your life? Look at your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents and be like, you know what, when I get my, when I get this age, I want your life. If you cannot say yes, change your environment. If you cannot say yes to, oh, I want, cause I'm gonna say this. I have an auntie and we call her rich auntie. When I say like, when I was little, I was like, oh, that's the life I want. Like when I say rich, I was introduced to Prada, Gucci, Louis when I was young because of her. I went to work with her and I was like, I don't want this. I don't like what you do. It's a no for me, but I want your, I want your lifestyle, but not your life. So y'all need to really look at that of like, what is your environment reflecting? Because if you're sitting in this, you got to ask yourself why and why are you in this? And if you don't want to get out, then do you. But if you want to get out and you want something different, do it. And you picked up on something that I loved of like, not only that, but environment. I don't know. I feel like this was when I was in my psychology class. And y'all, this is a long time ago. <laughs> but I remember my psych teacher was saying there is a millionaire, a millionaire, millionaire was basically delivering pizza. Like he was a pizza man or whatever, just delivering pizza all the time, whatever. And they were talking about him. And then one day he ended up quitting and they were like, oh, well, you can't quit, blah, blah, blah. Like basically talking down to him. The next, I want to say a next week or something like that, they found out not only did he own the whole entire company, this guy is a multimillionaire, but he lived way, obviously way below his means, way, way, way below his means. And all the money that he was making, he was doing what, as she said, investing and it was compounding. So he was waiting to get to a certain spot to where he was like, okay, now I'm here. I can take whole entire family and pay, like his family doesn't work in now. It's environment and mindset. And she tapped on something that Myron Golden always says, be to have. You have to be the person you want to see, but you have to do y'all. And I cannot stress this enough of like, I think y'all don't quote me because I don't know all Bible scriptures like that. But in the Bible, didn't it say like, if you teach a man to fish, if y'all know the scripture, jump in something about fishing, right? <laughs> if you, this is just my own little version. If you, um, if you, if you, I guess if you teach him how to fish, he'll, he'll, he'll eat for a lifetime. But if you fish for him and you bring it back, he only eats for a day. Visha. Yes. <laughs> And again, like she said, she's going to teach y'all, right? And like, you have to do it so you can have the life you want. And I'm telling y'all, like the iron, what she's telling y'all are like gems. Because honestly, this information she's giving y'all is free information that technically she should be charging for if y'all really, if I'm really honest. And so with that, I want to ask this question to you, Visha, is we kind of talked about it throughout and you kind of gave me little bits and pieces, but what is, what do you want your legacy to be? That's a good question. I'm not 
not sure necessarily like um, legacy in itself, but what I want to pass down to my child and or any other ones that I have is that it's okay to, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not know, but always go somewhere to find out. I'll, rather it's for, in a, rather you're going to a book for it, rather you're going to a seminar, rather you're going, go learn what you don't know. And don't be afraid to do that. I feel like sometimes we're, we're set in this little whirlpool of, okay, yeah, my uncle, my, my, my auntie, my great, great grand or whatever told me that this was, this was truth. And I took it and ran with it, but you never went to go see if they even experienced what's going on because they in the same situation you in, right? And you never really go back and be like, okay, you never really go back and question because we're always told not to question the adults, right? You're always told don't, don't do as I say, not as I do, right? All the time. So I think we should, as this next generation, which I don't feel like they're scared to do too much of anything or whatever, I will question everything. I will go research everything. I will want to actually put out, like, never take anybody's word for face value. Always go do your own research. Like, because it's the it's the biggest thing that you're going to get as far as being taught to fish. Like, you get to take that with you. You done did the research. You have formulated your own plan about different things. And now you have your own, like, kind of gist of way that you want to do it. But you can take that with you on. So as far as, like, legacy, I want Kennedy to take for me that it's okay. As far as, like, credit cards, it's okay for the budget. But you know about it. So you're never able, I never put you in a position to where you don't know. I've always give you the tools that you do know, right? I'll, if you need, you trying to work on skills, let me get you a book. If you trying to work on mindset, let me, let me, let's go find this in a book. If you try to better yourself in this, okay, let's go sign up for this conference. Let's go sign up for these drills. So you can go get the information that you need, but you can never take that away. You know, like everybody always say like they hide and, and they, so we know who they, they hide it in a book. They always hide it in a book. Anything that you want to know as far as like money, it's, it's been in a book. If you want to know about how to get your mindset right, it's been in a book. And I feel like we, as in the Black community, we go through so many different traumas. We go through so many different environment changes. We go through all of these things, but we take that with us in adulthood. We, we take it with us, especially if we don't go to therapy to try to figure that out. We haven't healed the little kid that was hurt because if y'all haven't paid attention to it, whatever you were hurt, like the hardest, the most, you tend to block out. But that's also where you're trapped in, in your mind at that age until you address it. Like trauma wise. Okay. I've never been, I've never been in a situation where, or I've never, never been in a situation where I've ever stopped, like starved my child or in a situation where she's never not ate. We have to eat. Okay. Yeah. You want to go out to eat. Yeah. We're going to cook this. Yeah. We going to do this. But when I was little, it was a days that my, I watched my mom not eat, you know, because we only had X amount of this. I watched her like pass up this. Okay. Because now she, you got four kids. You got to do X, Y, and Z. You want to like literally deal with those things. And I felt like that was very traumatic. There's things I had to work on in my own mind to get past that, to know that money is definitely a tool, definitely. But you also have to treat it as a tool. It's not just something to give, like giving it away. Rob Peter to pay Paul was all what I heard when I was growing up. Okay. You don't want to keep robbing people because who is going to pay Paul eventually? You know, who is going to pay these people? They're going to be knocking at your door at some point. So my whole thing is, so legacy wise, please figure out the traumas first. Address the traumas. Try to figure that out first. Try to get that dialed in first. And then you can be able to teach somebody else where you come, where your growth is coming from, how you plan on your next five years of us, like actually achieving the things that you didn't believe in your wildest dreams was going to ever happen. Like, but it all starts somewhere. It all starts and begins somewhere. I just feel like we're done with now. Thank you. Have a good day. She just shut down the podcast. All right. <laughs>
Um, but she is right. Somebody got to pay Paul because Paul going to be like, knock, knock, knock. We want our money. If not, we are taking your life. But anyway, y'all, Bisha came in and gave y'all so many gems. Like her opening her mouth is just like viewing with gems coming out. And so she's teaching and I hope y'all are getting the essence of this. Understand your self-worth. Understand in order for you to get to where you want in your life, you got to have that self-belief. But understanding all of the basically the bottom or the true foundation is your self-love. You can't get to any of these dreams or you can't get to any of these goals that you are trying to get to especially trying to get this money if you don't have all three of those and with that a word from our sponsor hey beautifuls this message is brought to you by the grass is greener on the other side where we help women who have anger sadness and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence restore their peace and attract the life of their dreams we can be found on ig at brianna underscore latrice that's spelled B-R-I-A-I-N-A underscore L-A-T-R-I-C-E. And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today. Because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach.com at gmail.com or you can shoot me a dm at brianna underscore latrice see you on the call Okay, y'all. So we are about to transition into our next segment, which is Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting... I really love these guys. So it's technically more than one person. And Bisha, I am aware because someone put me on that you love them too. And it's called Earn Your Leisure. Like I love these freaking guys. Like I was introduced to them randomly from one of my homeboys and during the pandemic, actually, um, when I really started to get into podcasting and I was like, dang, first and foremost, Troy, I know you are married, but you are so cute to me. Like, <laughs> if you hear this, I just wanted to let you know you're such a cute, amazing husband. And I just want to give you your flowers. Okay. So, y'all, with Earn Your Leisure, it's a revolutionary media platform which gives rise to emerging and established content creators from the world of business, finance, and entrepreneurship whose perspective, expertise, and in depth insight has been undervalued and overlooked. At its core, Earn Your Leisure's ultimate purpose is to build as we climb as a community, hence community, unity, highlighting collaboration over competition. EYL, which is also what they call themselves, EYL or Earn Your Leisure, hosts live events across the globe, which includes the biggest financial literacy festival in the world. It's called Invest Fest. And yes, now they have something that's called Market Mondays, which Ian is on, which is from Red Panda as well, um, which they talk about stocks and how to get into the market. Um, I'm gonna let Bisha talk about that one. And with Earn Your Leisure, they also include an 
online educational platform. It's called EYL University. Y'all, this university is freaking online, interactive community, but it also includes over 200 webinars covering a range of business, uh, business, finance, and entrepreneurial topics. And similar to like what Bisha said earlier, like if you need extra income, if you need to figure out how to create a new skill, how to get a new skill, if you need that money coming in, EYL literally has 200 webinars where you can learn. And of course, y'all need, in order to make money, you got to give money. We got to, we got to understand that too. So this is not free, but Earn Your Leisure has a podcast with Rashad and Troy, um, who are the hosts and they literally give you behind the scenes financial views and to the entertainment and sports industry. And one thing I really love about this is that their slogan is always assets over liabilities. And they really break down. Y'all have to go to like the beginning. I mean, like beginning, cause they have a lot of episodes out. <laughs> Yeah, you got to go to episode one for them to really break down what is an asset and what is a liability. But the cool thing about this is, is like Troy was a school teacher, right? Like these are literally everyday men in New York, you know, and I say New York because I think they're supposed to be hard. I don't really know, but <laughs> I'm a Texan girl slash Cali. But um, yeah, so like these are teachers who, like Visha said, taught themselves and went out to get their own knowledge. They went out to understand the market. They went out to network. They went out to figure it out. And now they have partnered with two big, huge hitters, which is Ian. And then Wall Street Trapper is like in their whole entire field too. And on top of that, they have Ash Cash. And um, I just found out that David Shands is helping them in the background too. Like, I'm like, the, like let y'all, let me in. I'm not going to, I'm not about to knock anymore. I'm about to break the damn door down and y'all going to let me in. Because I'm going to make my own table and it's y'all platform. I'm letting y'all know that now. So thank you. Because Where's My Blueprint Podcast is going to be on y'all network too they are amazing like anything that you want to know anything that had to do with the stock market um the crashes the recent events like market mondays is lit like every every monday is lit. and if you have like literally watched and followed their journey it is not only is it just like a podcast it is a like media hub or whatever they have taken it to probably continent to continent just announced some stuff that they have going on of their world tour invest fest is something that is really freaking huge but to simulate over like 1400 people at madison square garden like to sell out and it be about financial literacy is amazing at any cost or whatever ian is not a short list of things that i can say about ian or whatever um i am a member of red banda uh he has a stock uh, club group or whatever i've been a member for a while it is amazing everything that you could possibly want to know about the stock market any thing that you want broken down is broken down. Reason why you will want to watch it from the beginning, especially Earn Your Leisure, is because they tell you. They give you the blueprint. Nobody's keeping any secrets. Everybody is being very transparent about their journeys. They're being very transparent about their downfalls. They're being very transparent about how you can do the same thing, you know, and where you need to be in order to do these things or whatever. And I don't know, I, I commend them because it's not a, it wasn't a lot of people in the, in the space at the beginning. And now it's like something to definitely follow or whatever. Trap, Wall Street Trapper is amazing. He gives a different viewpoint, more or less a long-term investor or whatever, but he definitely gives a different viewpoint to a different audience or whatever. And the verbiage 
it takes you back, especially if you're from, I'm not saying the hood, but if your environment is definitely a lot different than most or whatever, you'll understand what he's saying about the trap house. He, you'll understand what he's saying about um, cooking up baking soda and all this other stuff. So you'll actually understand it or whatever. And that's how he, <laughs> that's how he kind of puts it out or whatever. And it's really under, it's really broke down to where like a five-year-old can understand what he's trying to say. And taking all of the information, you wouldn't want to follow 10, 15 different people, granted, because everybody has their own little thing about what they want or whatever, or where their message is or where they're trying to go with what they're saying. But couple all together, like if you want to go fundamentals, start with a trap. If you want to go from the beginning, go to episode one of EYL. If you are really about the stock market and you're able to actually take it all in, like you, yes, beginner, but you are serious about what you're trying to do, jumping red panda, like it, it all kind of assimilates itself to where they all kind of really work together if you got the mindset to do so. I mean, you said all the words. You said all the words. Like, I think I was introduced to EYL several years ago through, actually through another podcast. And one of the hosts is part of Red Panda and she was kind of talking about investing and things of that nature. And I've followed her on social media. So that's kind of where I got into looking at EYL. I followed them on the socials and I've listened to so many of their episodes, especially when it comes to like real estate investment and property investing and starting businesses. And I mean, they have such a library of information, any and everything that you can possibly think about or consider as far as potential for saving or for investing, for allowing the tool of money to multiply on its own and to do something for you and your family. You can find it in all of their podcasts. You can find it on their website. Like it's so readily available. Even just the free content is so readily available. But like the university signing up for Red Panda, like Market Mondays, all this stuff is so important and it's so influential. And yeah, it's a lot of information and it can be kind of overwhelming if you're just trying to absorb everything one day. But like we just said earlier, you gotta do it like a piece at a time. Pick pick an episode. Doesn't really matter which one. To be honest, I promise you you will find something that is useful and really game-changing that you can apply to your current situation and then try to figure out how to implement that into some of the goals that you have set for yourself. So I absolutely love these guys. You, If you haven't listened to episodes before, we highly recommend it. They're fantastic. Yeah. So Earn Your Leisure, Troy, Shot, Shoddy, Ian, <laughs> and Trapper, we just want to say thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all, because what y'all have done, and I'm, I'm sure y'all have realized this, but what y'all have done starting in a pandemic, you literally changed our culture. Like you have really allowed so many people in on conversations and in on different avenues to get out of their situation. And I want to say thank y'all because not only are y'all black, but y'all are black men doing this. And I love that because y'all are giving back. Y'all give back. Like y'all give back so much. And just like Visha said, honestly, the game that they give literally is free game. And Ian will tell you on Market Mondays, he he charges literally minimum, almost 50 to 60 grand for the information he's giving for free on Market Monday. If and it's to me, it's like if y'all, Visha said it, you have to be in the mindset to pick it up. But also when y'all go and actually watch and listen to them, don't do it while you're driving. Don't do it while you're doing something. You need to listen like you're watching a movie. Sit down, get your notebook out and start taking notes because Ian literally gives you, if you want to be in stocks, these are the stocks you need to be investing in. Boom, 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 boom. If you want to do this, and I love it because they also bring in people who are not only doing the damn thing, 
in their industry, but are at the top of their industry. And they give you so much game of like, you need to do this. Okay, if you want to start an Airbnb, this is what you need. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's free game. But you have to go out and listen. Like they they, they did everything for you. So again, thank you, Ian. Thank you, Shadi or Rashad. Don't get it. Don't come at me. <laughs> Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Trapper. We appreciate y'all and everything that y'all have done. And with that, we are going to end this episode with an affirmation. And our affirmation comes from our very own Miss Visha. Create the life that you would be proud of and that you will follow. Selfless journey. I love that. And although that's a quote, that is an affirmation too, because that's your affirmation every day. I wake up to create the life that I'm going to be proud of. And that is the reminder. Y'all create the life that you want to be proud of create the life that you can look back and say I did that shit like (laughs) nobody else like Beyonce said I'm that girl I did that like no I just want to say thank you thank you thank you so much Visha for coming on chatting with us and also again tell them where they can find you on IG the socials and uh, drop your website one more time for me Um, website is budgetingsense.net social same for IG at budgetingsense all right y'all go follow get those consultations in because y'all know tax time is coming and y'all don't need to be uh dropping those taxes if you want to go to Beyonce concert but make sure you budget it though all right y'all thank you so much and if y'all have any topics or anything y'all want us to talk about y'all can um hit us up on the socials where's my blueprint pod on all socials or you can even go to the website where's my blueprint pod.com and uh leave us a comment email we'll definitely get that if y'all want us to have us to talk about anything if y'all know somebody y'all want us to bring on the podcast let us know and with that you can all find this episode that when it drops every Wednesday um, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Amazon Music, sorry. Um, and with that, check out the blog and all of naysays at where's my blueprint pod.com. And with that, we thank you and we are over and out. Peace out.